0: And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including our own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacypiracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today?
1: Well, Lloyd, today our show is about electronic surveillance and all sorts of things that private investigators do. And we are so excited because we have a wonderful private investigative firm with us on the phone from Orange County right from here. And I had been reading this article uh, in my daily journal, which is the legal newspaper for the whole state of California. And Tom Martin had written written this article called Do's and Don'ts Electronic Surveillance Evidence. And I thought it was really great. And I invited him to be on the show. So let me tell you a little bit about his wonderful background Uh, Thomas Martin is a former Drug Enforcement Administration Supervisory Agent with more than 40 years of professional experience, and he is president of Martin Investigative Services, Inc., which is right here in Orange County, and it's a private investigation firm. The company provides full-service private investigations, corporate security services, background checks, missing person investigations, and surveillance services. Martin Investigative Services operates throughout a network of 650 former DEA, FBI, IRS, and Secret Service agents who serve all 50 states and more than 60 foreign countries. He also is the author of the book, If You Only Knew, which provides tips on how to avoid fraud and scams. He's, and let me tell you that he has been so kind to offer that app for free. And you can download the book at investigatorconfidential.com. So you can just go there, and he'll mention that again, but just to let you know so you can learn how to avoid scams. Just to let you know, he's also been featured on CNN as well as he's been in the New York Times, the Los Angeles Times, the Washington Post, the Las Vegas Review Journal, and the Orange County Register. And so he's also got another website called martinpi.com. So thanks a lot. I'm so glad that you're with us today, Tom.
0: Well, thank you, Mari. Thank you for inviting us.
1: Well, I thought this was really a great article and you know, people call me a lot, you know, because I deal with identity theft and people are often concerned that that their phones are being tapped, all these kinds of things. And then the, there's also people talking about, you know, with divorce and uh, online social networking, and they want to be able to find out who's listening in. So um, let's talk a little bit about uh, your that article about electronic evidence. Tell us something. Tell us about what is, um, you know, really legal versus illegal versus electronic evidence that you pulled up.
0: Well, what uh, we do in our office when it comes to electronic surveillance, the technical term is electronic eavesdropping detection sweeps of a home, a business, or vehicles. And this area has just exploded in the last 10 years. Uh, in around 2000, you would be hard pressed to find anything uh, to monitor a home, a business, or a vehicle uh, unless you went maybe to Korea or China and bought. Uh, those monitoring devices. Today you can go and on the internet and find literally hundreds and hundreds of websites that actually sell uh, these devices. So it's become very, very common. Uh, in the early days 30 or 40 years ago, we probably found if we did a hundred businesses we'd probably find maybe six or seven monitoring devices. Uh, in today's world what we're finding is is that if we go out and do a hundred businesses or homes, we're, we're, we're finding uh, right around 28%. So the market has really exploded. It keeps us very busy. And, of course, to actually monitor someone's home or business or their cell phone or their uh, a, a, any type of situation that they may be involved in is a felony. It's a punishable by more than a year in a prison. But the, the advantages that they can get in lawsuits, uh, in, in international affairs, uh, just in the business world, is a tremendous advantage for people that, uh, unfortunately, are doing this.
1: Okay, right. So, you know, people always ask me, you know, what about if I think my home or my office is being bugged? So what are the things that I would be looking for? What are some of those things that I, I can find that if my concern is legitimate?
0: Well, let me tell you two things. The one thing that most people call us up and say, I hear a clicking on the phone does that mean I, my phone is bugged? And the answer to that, the honest answer is, that is not a sign that you have a problem. And the vast majority of people will call our offices and ask us that question. And there are, unfortunately, uh, private investigators or security consultants will prey on the emotions and go, Oh yeah, that's it. That's a big problem. Well, th- that that's not a problem. The probably the best way to know is that if somebody is has knowledge or knows something about your life, or your activities, or your thought processes, and you've only talked to maybe your spouse about it, maybe your child about it, maybe you haven't even talked to anybody about it, Um, and and all of a sudden uh, they know about it. So that's generally the, the best clue, is if you are engaged in maybe a legal battle, if you're involved with an insurance company, if you have a family situation, and all of a sudden the other side seems to know more than they should, well, then they're probably listening either to your phone conversations or they can listen to a monitoring device that's been placed in your home so they can hear those conversations.
1: So, yeah, and you had also talked about if if you come home and you see there's, like, drywall grit or fresh paint or something like that, that maybe somebody's installed something, uh, you know, near a desk. Is that right? Well, that's, it's, that's it's amazing obvious. to me that people will
0: call up and say, you know, I came home and my actual phone jack uh, had, had, paint, had been newly painted or there seems to be uh, screwdriver marks uh, in the wall uh, and I can hear a rattling in the phone as if somebody did something to it. Um, and then we try to just walk the people through them to you know, take apart their phone and, and, and we can easily describe what the monitoring device is to them. Right. Uh, Which brings us to another interesting point. When we do find them, sometimes we leave them in to gain an edge ourselves in trying to locate who's doing it. Although 95% of the time, our clients know who did it. They just can't prove it because it's hard to take black market stuff or stuff you buy on the Internet and trace it back to a specific person.
1: Right. So, you know, you talked in this article about an electronic eavesdropping detection sweep. Mm -hmm. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what that is, how long it takes, and, you know, what what you're really doing.
0: Well, if somebody calls us up and they think they have a problem, um, basically what we do is we have a two-day, three-phase sweep. So it takes about 48 hours. Phase one is we actually are going to be testing some of the lines that go into the business of the home. That generally takes about eight hours of time. The second phase is that we actually physically come out with one or two of our technicians and do a visual and electronic sweep of the premises. So we are looking for monitoring devices uh, that are powered by a battery uh, that have to be replaced like every four to six weeks or monitoring devices that are being powered by the phone line current. And one of the more common things we've seen in the last five years is the placement of cameras, especially in in a bedroom. And so the visual electronic sweep of phase two takes anywhere from, say, four to six hours. Mm -hmm. And then phase three is is we test the lines from the house down to the switching station and uh, into the phone company uh, lines themselves to see if there's any any monitoring devices uh, have been placed there. So it's basically a two-day proposition with three different phases.
1: And then once you find something, then what do you do?
0: Well, if we find something, then we come back to the client and we try to tell them what type of device it is, where we think it was purchased, and then ask them the million-dollar question, do you want to leave it in and try to smoke the person out by telling them certain things? Um, You know, I'm going to be uh, going out with a a new girl this week, or um, I'm going to be transporting a lot of diamonds uh, over to Las Vegas, something that... We'll alert the other side and then and maybe be able to do a counter surveillance and find them. Uh, Most of the time, the people know who it is. They can't prove it. They know it's going to be difficult to prove. So they just want it taken out.
1: Right. Right. So aside from the illegal, that's that's illegal surveillance, correct? That's correct. Okay. so then there's lawful surveillance. So let's talk about what kind of law survey lawful surveillance is there like in the workplace?
0: Well, what we have in, in uh, we have four offices uh, in the state of California, and uh, all of those offices are equipped with vehicles and uh, investigators who are experts in surveillance. Uh, we do a lot of work in corporate America uh, following employees to see if they're doing the right thing. Uh, we, we follow a lot of corporate clients uh, who may have trucking companies. Uh, are these, you know, trucks going to where they're supposed to be, are they offloading stuff they shouldn't be, are they, you know, going to houses of ill recruit? are they stopping at liquor stores, etc. Uh, we also do quite a bit of surveillance on the marital scene. We probably have anywhere from 10 to 12 surveillances a week in uh, California and throughout the United States where we're actually following a spouse. And everybody says, well, why would they do that? It's, you know, it's, it's a no-fault state, and a lot of our uh, parts of our country. Well, eighty percent of our clients are women, and they want finality. They want a, they want the report. They want the photograph. They want the video to say, "I told you you were fooling around. I told you you had a mistress. Here's the proof." And they put it on their cereal. You know, the next morning after we present it to them. Right. So, you know, those are two two areas. Uh, and then we get into a lot of insurance surveillances also, uh, for workman's comp and uh, people, especially in the economy now, where we used to have. Maybe ten or fifteen percent of our workload was in insurance claims, and now it's it's almost doubled that now because you know people have this sense of entitlement and uh, they're faking injuries, and um, it's a it's it's an area of of private investigations and surveillance that is just going to be booming in the next five years, I believe.
1: Right. So you know, along those lines, how is the nation's high employ- unemployment rate really affecting? This, the kind of corporate theft and problems that, that you brought up?
0: Well, I can give you some staggering statistics that are just not uh, you know, something that we made up. If you took the top ten uh, private investigator firms or security consultants uh, in the United States and put them on a panel, they would all agree with the following, and that is since statistics were kept beginning around 1969 up until uh, the third quarter of 2006, if you had a company with 100 employees, you would find that about 15% of those employees, or 15 out of 100, would be stealing time, money, or product. Mm. And that has been consistent from 1969 to 2006. Then, as the third quarter got into the fourth quarter of 2006 and the page turned in the calendar to 2007, the line goes up dramatically uh, until where we are today. And that is, if you have a company with 100 employees, 75% of those employees will be stealing.
1: my goodness.
0: It's a staggering figure, and it's, you know, we don't get paid any more or any less, and it's it's not a hype. Now, granted, many of them are stealing time, you know, punching a time clock for somebody else or taking longer breaks uh, versus stealing the actual, you know, money itself for products. And the amazing thing to us is we used to go into the workforce with some of our uh, investigators who, who have all taught interview and interrogation at Departments of Justice and Treasury, and these are really very seasoned and very smart people. And when somebody would actually break down and we, we would get them to admit that they stole, et cetera, sometimes, the vast majority of time, they would feel kind of bad and they'd want to talk to the boss and try to talk him out of firing him and, uh, all this other sort of thing. Now, in today's market, I mean, they look at you and they say, so what, so I sold $10,000, big deal. They cut my benefits, so I don't have much of retirement, my 401's in the, in the toilet, blah, 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 blah.
1: Wow. And
0: so it's, it's just staggering. You sit there across <laughs> from people and, and they're just, yeah, I sold it, what are you going to do about it?
1: Oh my goodness! No, no remorse at all. No remorse. In fact,
0: it, Laurie, it goes even it's, it goes even further than that. It's 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 that they not only have no remorse, they don't think they've done anything wrong, but they think they're entitled to it. Right. It's this whole entitlement uh, situation, and it's not generational. It's guys who are eighty years old and guys who are eighteen years old, wow. and they just they just say, "Hey, you know, uh, the head of the company, uh, you know, cut out our Christmas party. Well, we're going to have our own Christmas party."
1: Mm. Well, you know, I think also some of it is you're seeing these CEOs and you're seeing major companies like Enron and you're seeing, you know, Goldman Sachs and you're, you're hearing about all these CEOs that are doing illegal things and they figure, well, if they can do it, I mean, it's kind of like a a societal thing. It's OK if the, the top guys are doing it, I can do it. I mean, not that I agree with that, but that's kind of the culture.
0: Well, I agree 100 percent with you. It, it's, it's just absolutely uh, staggering. You go in and. It used to take us maybe a half hour, 45 minutes to actually go through a, a case scenario whereby we tell them who we are and what evidence we have. And, uh, we, you know, we might have a, a videotape of them doing something wrong or we might have uh, declarations from other employees. And, you know, goes through a, a scenario of things whereby we get them to understand. We know most of the answers to the questions we're going to ask. So you might as well make just this an easy process and, you know, and give up the ghost while, you know, you, you still can't. Right. Uh, before we have to take it criminally. Nowadays, you walk in and they go, "We're here to, uh, you know, talk to you about security. Are you talking about the the money that we stole last week?" Oh, <laughs> you know, like, it's just, it's just like, it's it's just amazing.
1: Well, you know, I should tell you this. I, I'm I'm dealing with a case in another state where I'm helping a victim of mm-hmm. uh, financial identity theft, and we found out that the dirty insider um, was found out by the bank. Okay, and this happened to two different banks in on the East Coast and the bank brought them in and asked them to resign, did not report it to law enforcement, didn't tell the the victims about it, just asked the employees to resign. So, you know, to me, that's just facilitating the fraud and then, of course, allowing them to go to another financial institution and get paid by another identity theft ring. So, I mean, are you seeing that, too?
0: Uh I have seen it it's something we fight um, you know every day uh that we're in corporate America uh, most of us, you know, who cut our teeth on being federal agents at Justice or Treasury think that, you know, if you steal a paperclip, you should get the electric chair. Well, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're kind of mellowing a little bit as we get older and we get a little more gray hair, and, and, and some of us still have hair. And, 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 and it's, a, it's a fight every day because we go into corporate America, and, and some of these CEOs and CFOs and COO and every letter of the alphabet, you can imagine, who are ma- literally making millions of dollars have no street smarts. They, they just have no street smarts whatsoever, and they, they are missing a grand opportunity, one, of filing charges civilly against the person and getting part of their money back or at least get a judgment. They can also go down the route of law enforcement where we can put a package together, put, a, put it in a box and wrap it real pretty and, pretty and give it to the United States attorney or the district attorney, and they can file criminally. Right. But the third and most important thing that I, that I think they're missing when they do what, the scenario you just talked about is they miss the opportunity to show the employees that if you do this, we're going to hammer you. Exactly. So do not do this type of behavior. No, what they do in your scenario is they say no consequences. Right. So what right. do you expect somebody to do who feels the incentive entitlement, who feels they're not getting a raise, who you're not contributing much to their, their 401k, and they have the opportunity to have, you know, to be the fox in the hen house with no repercussions. Well, what are people gonna do? Exactly. They're gonna and, they're gonna steal the guy blind and they're yeah. gonna continue to
1: And you know, I, I had another client that it would happen to have been I was doing a divorce mediation and and the husband actually had embezzled in several companies, had worked in major companies as a controller. And he had embezzled, and um, I finally, I knew I couldn't do the mediation because we couldn't trust him, but he never, when they caught him, they just fired him. They did not do anything. So he would go from company to company and do the same thing because they didn't tell what happened.
0: So Yeah, it, we had one last month where we actually um, were called in, and the the chief financial officer was scratching his head saying, you know, we're, we're making, uh, we're grossing a lot of money, but we're not making a lot of money. And that's the telltale sign that you've got somebody there that's stealing, obviously. So we brought one of the key people in, and within about 10 or 15 minutes, he said, yeah, I stole it. How much did you take? He goes, well, about a million eight. Oh, goodness. Well, a million eight? You know, we're trying not to have our mouth drop. And, <laughs> I, and, and so I asked the gentleman, I said, uh, sir, what exactly in, 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 you know, Six or seven months, did you spend a million eight on? He goes, Well, I bet on the Lakers. <laughs> and he says, And well, I used cocaine. And then uh, I went down and had a lot of prostitutes down in Costa Rica. Oh,
1: my goodness.
0: <laughs> and so now, after that, he took us over to his check ledger. Okay, he was actually in the finance department. He showed us the checks that he had written, supposedly the contractors that he cashed into his own account. So here we had a guy with a million eight stolen. We had the checks to prove it. We had a signed statement under the penalty of perjury, the laws of, of, of the state of California where he was in. We wrap it up. We put it in a box. And it was a struggle, a struggle to get them to prosecute. Oh. Now, in fairness to the district attorney's office, in fairness to the, the city uh, that this crime happened in, and I, I, I won't mention, you know, they're out chasing murders, rapists, gangbangers, and, and right, uh, right. you know, criminals of all kinds of types. So. You know, when you let somebody steal a million eight and spend it like he spent it, you know, there's not a lot of sympathy from the law enforcement community to push your head, case to the head of the pile. Uh, but eventually, you know, uh, he he will be prosecuted and and I'm I'm sure he's going to serve some jail time.
1: Well, it's lucky that the CEO did bring in you know bring you guys in and bring in law enforcement because, you know, to just let him go, he's you know he's got a million from one and he'll go to the next one and do another million because he sounds like he's He's a con man. That's... Well, he
0: was. He was. He set a very elaborate scheme, and it would have been hard for us, even uh, seasoned investigators that we are, to really. Uh, it would have taken a lot of time and a lot of money for the company to spend. But once again, with this kind of entitlement, and what are you going to do to me? And I don't really care. And here, here's the evidence. Um, you
1: know, take your
0: best shot and see if you can get me in jail.
1: Yeah. You know, I the one the companies that just kind of keep it quiet. I think they just don't want the embarrassment. They don't want anyone to know. I don't know really why they would do that. I mean, they just figure, well, I'll just fire him and let him be somebody else's problem. I, I really, it's, it's kind of hard for me to really accept that. You know.
0: Well, I think you're one hundred percent right because the minute that the person is let go and he's a major player at the company, I mean, how many people in the company are going to ask? you know, where, where, is, where is Joe or where is Mary? Why did they get fired? Why did they leave? Um, and it's going to come out eventually where somebody's going to uh, you know, know exactly what happened, especially if they file civilly to get their money back or criminally to get them prosecuted. Right. So why not, why not take a huge advantage and say, yes, we called in the A-team. They found out what our problem was. They've sniffed it out. They've crushed the bug, and this is what's going to happen to people who want to do this in the future. It's a terrific message to send.
1: I agree with you 100%. This is what's driving me crazy on the particular case that I'm I'm dealing with now. So I I am with you. We are speaking with a a wonderful former Drug Enforcement Administration Supervisory Agent, Thomas Martin from uh, Thomas Martin Investigations. And I want to tell you about his book because he is so kind and generous to let it uh, go for free. It's called If You Only Knew. And you can download it at investigatorconfidential.com and you can also learn more about the private investigation services at martinpi.com. So so let me ask you something. What about... Um, these large retailers are, are some of the businesses that experience theft, how can they reduce the theft? Because we always hear about these retailers having great theft.
0: Well, the retailers, uh, a lot of them, uh, you'll be probably shocked to hear, they have what they call a 2% rule. It's kind of not talked about, uh, and I talk about it every chance I get. So if you walk into a large, uh, say, clothing store, um, in any state in the Union, or if you walk into a a, a store that maybe uh, is like a uh, home depot uh, sells all kinds of home appliances and supplies and stuff like that, many of these companies uh, have a two percent rule, which simply means if they their losses do not exceed two percent, then they don 't really care so the cameras that they have in the stores. They're not on. There's no film in it. There's no videotape. There's unwritten rules in many of these stores where if the person uh, is observed stealing a generator and walking out the front door, you let them go. You don't confront. It's not worth having a gun uh, pulled and an employee shot. It's not worth a false arrest. Um, And so until we see where their bottom line is getting hit, most of these stores, you'd be shocked to know, you can walk in there, take stuff, and walk walk straight out, and nobody will stop you. Mm. Now, there certainly are great exceptions to that, um, uh, especially in in some of the the foreign countries that we work in, where if you steal a fifty a cent bottle of uh, soda pop, uh, you're going to end up paying uh, you know severe penalties for that, including probably two to five thousand dollars in bail.
1: Mm. Wow. So, what about uh, white collar crime? You know, I, I deal with a lot of white collar crime with identity theft. And uh-huh. Do you do you think that's going to continue to increase? We see identity theft within corporations. I see a lot of that um, because they have all of your sensitive data. Um, we see a lot of uh, like embezzlement, all of the different kind of white collar crimes, and it seems to be like you were talking about that. You know, law enforcement has to put a lot of energy into robberies, rapes killings, murders, whatever. Um, So white-collar crime seems to be kind of the stepchild of the criminal justice system. So do you see that increasing in the future?
0: Well, I've talked to many current and former FBI and DEA and IRS and Secret Service guys, and across the the board to every man and woman that is serving today, you know, they have to have priorities. You know, they have to have certain levels that they work in. I mean, the FBI is, is... is probably not going to be too worried uh, if a president of a company comes and said, hey, one of our guys stole $10,000. It's going to be concerning to them. They might take a report, they might set up a file, but it's not something that's going to compete on the larger, grander scale of, of um, al-Qaeda and you know, uh, dope pillars around the world, and et cetera. So uh, it, it's the greed that gets these people at the end of the day. It's like I asked a, a, a dope seller one time, you know, you have twenty seven million dollars in the bank and you're twenty six years old. Oh, do you think you might want to stop? <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 you know, what, what, how, how greedy do you want to get?
1: Oh my goodness! He goes, and
0: basically, I was on the phone with him, and, and uh, he just said, "Catch me if you can."
1: Oh,
0: and the same, and same with these people. I mean, the guy who just got a uh, hundred and sixty five years down in Florida. Uh, you know, he, he stole, he wasn't happy with $1 billion or $2 billion. He had to get $8 billion. <laughs> Now, you know, we could probably, me and you, get along on $1 billion for the rest of our lives. Oh,
1: absolutely. You know, and
0: it, it's just, it, and thank God that they are greedy, because if they went out and they scammed a few people for a few hundred thousand, they're probably not going to get prosecuted. Right. Because it doesn't meet, the, you know, the smell test, and it doesn't meet, you know, where they are in their priorities. But the the good news is, is once they have that lifestyle, they want a bigger yacht and they want a, you know, a a more classier home and a faster car and, 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 uh, you know, and more more girls and guys and and off they go. And and eventually, um, although justice is sometimes slow, um, it does arrive at their doorstep.
1: Exactly. Well, that's a wonderful place to end because we are out of time. So we will send people to your, why don't you give your websites again?
0: Well, the main website is martinti.com. There's a lot of information there for your your listeners. And then the book, which um, has about 14 or 15 chapters, uh, certainly one or two chapters uh, would be of interest to uh, your listeners, can be found at uh, investigatorconfidential.com.
1: Well, thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure, Tom, and I really appreciate all the good work that you're doing, and I'm I'm happy that uh, that you're out there being able to help a lot of the people that have the kinds of problems that my clients have. So we will talk to you again soon, and thank you again. Thanks, Mari. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. right here on KUCI at privacy piracy, and visit our website at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. There you can see our upcoming guests. You can download podcasts and you can listen to archived interviews. And of course, we would love to hear from you. So send us emails about what's important to you in your life about privacy in the information age. Thanks. Stay private.